Folks, we're back for Book of Experts TV, and boy, do I have a treat for you today. We're talking online communities, building them for fun, for profit. We've had a ton of questions about this topic. I hope you're going to join us in just a moment for Book of Experts TV. Time for Book of Experts TV. Topics you love. Experts you trust. Friction-free referrals. Tried. Tested. Trusted. This is Book of Experts, brought to you by salesman.me. All right, so let's bring in our panel today. First, I'm going to introduce Tsupit, joining us from the Toronto area, and she is the the brains and the power behind Step Into the Spotlight, that LinkedIn group that is just one of the most robust and active engaged groups on LinkedIn that I've seen, uh, spotlightsecrets.com. Welcome to Book of Experts TV. Thank you very much, Tobin, glad to be here. Our second guest is Megan Huber, joining us from the Florida area, Tampa, no, uh, just north of Tampa. Tampa's close enough. If Tampa's close enough. All right, the Gulf, Gulf Coast area uh, with her, so, we talked about LinkedIn groups a moment ago. Megan is the person you want to talk to when it comes to Facebook groups. She does uh, launch strategies, building and profiting from Facebook groups, and her business is called Structured Freedom. And then our third guest, our third guest today is actually Kevin Monroe from This Extraordinary Life. Now, one of the things that I love about this panel is we, you guys, each brought an area of expertise that we get a ton of questions about. Kevin is actually representing on the side of not LinkedIn, not Facebook, where most folks are thinking about those groups. He's actually gone off those platforms to Mighty Network. So we'll hear a little bit about his perspective in a moment. But before we, before we do that, I want to come back to each of you. Uh, if you tell us a little bit about your, what I'd love to hear is who your group is for, because I think that would be a wonderful way to introduce you uh, to our community, because I, I guarantee there are some folks out there saying, ah, that's a group I should be a member of. Sufi, let's start with you. If you'd talk a little bit about Step Into the Spotlight. Sure. Step Into the Spotlight is a group on LinkedIn. It's about seven and a half years old, and it's for authors, speakers, coaches, entrepreneurs, experts, uh, and media. So we talk about marketing and attracting clients, getting noticed, getting known, writing books, speaking in public, anything you can do to step into the spotlight. And do it. Uh, if I could just ask you what seven years ago, what, what prompted this? Was, was there uh, something that, that, why did you decide to launch a group on LinkedIn? What was going I will on? I'll tell time? you, Tobin, why I decided. So it's January 1st, 2013. I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what do I do this year? What do I do differently? And I was thinking, ideally, that maybe I would like to attract sponsorship. And I thought, well, I can't attract sponsorship if I don't have a tribe of people to put the sponsor in front of. And I thought, I better build a community, build a tribe. And I thought, where am I going to do it? So I decided to do it on LinkedIn because there's a river of people there. And I thought if I can get myself in front of that river and start instead of trying to build my own lake somewhere in the woods, so um, I did. I just, you know, and I, I, I worked to try to get 100 people in there, and it was a big thrill when we got there, and now we're almost 13,000. It's not a huge group by any means, but the, the trick to our group, or the, one of the secrets of the group is a lot of the members of the group are leaders of other communities, and they're leaders of other communities that are way bigger than ours. So it's kind of an elite, you know, backstage area, green roomy kind of area for people who have other you know, communities. Not everybody in there does, but some have communities of like 300,000, whatever. So that, that was kind of the plan. Yeah, it, it really is remarkable because uh, uh, managing a LinkedIn group is not an easy task. I know this firsthand because we do this with the Book of Experts community. Uh, LinkedIn just has not created the tool set in, in favored groups the way it, uh, other platforms have. So it's a real credit to the work that you've done because you have a very engaged, like you said, smaller than in other communities, but the engagement is is off the charts. So uh, I know that's a real credit to you. Megan, how about you? I'd love to hear about your who you're working with, but also how you got into the, um, the Facebook group business. 
Yeah, so I work primarily with coaches. So doesn't matter what kind of coach. I work with spiritual coaches, life coaches, health coaches, relationship coaches, business coaches, you name it. I am the person that you go to if you're a coach building your business. And my specialty and what my Facebook group is for is coaches who want to transition from a one-on-one practice into offering group coaching programs. So I help them create those groups, launch them inside of a Facebook group, fill their program, so the sales part, and then deliver their program at a really high level of excellence. So that's what the group is for. I'll tell you where the group came from. So I had a coaching business a year ago in 2012, 2013. I actually left my coaching business and worked for my mentor who had one of the, she still does, one of the most well-known coaching companies around. She's had that business for about 15 years. So I had the honor and privilege of working behind the scenes on multi-seven-figure launches. I got to create the group programs, run our group programs that had hundreds of people in it. And I did that for four years. I left that company in 2016 very like the last day of the year and i rebooted and relaunched my own coaching business and i didn't have a whole lot of time to figure out how am i going to get clients how am i going to make money i literally quit my job it was a six-figure job left it no list no community nothing started over from scratch and i thought where does my ideal client already hang out what are they already accustomed to And that was Facebook groups. And I also knew that I could capitalize on my ability to teach on video because my first career was a teacher. So I thought, oh, my gosh, this is like the best of both worlds. I'm going to focus on putting people first and making relationships my main priority and build a real community where I was the dominant leader and I could show up and teach my message and also engage and get to know people and make offers and i have been doing the exact same thing for four years inside of the same facebook group so one thing i'm seeing here already with with just two out of our three guests i know this is true for you as well kevin but we have the best of the best because literally your communities are made up of leaders thought leaders uh coaches trainers who are then many cases managing their own communities as well so they're they're coming to you guys because they want to learn how to build that connected tissue that in their own communities. And, uh, and I, I'm very honored to have all of you uh, here to have this conversation today. Kevin, I'd love to hear your background. You've chosen to go in a different direction. Uh, I know you're very active on LinkedIn as well, but you took your community off the big social media platforms. Uh, actually, let's let's talk about the who first before we get into the, the how and the why. Okay, Tobin, what a joy to be back with you again today and to join Sufit and Megan for this delightful conversation. Um, Yeah, it's a journey and it's kind of funny because I've done both. I've had LinkedIn groups, not in the same space, but uh, I, I guess I've had LinkedIn groups back eight or nine years started those back when my work was totally around nonprofit organizations, started a couple of nonprofit groups on LinkedIn. And then three years ago, Megan started a Facebook group that was under a different name. So my journey, it's an evolution. Um, Three years ago, we started uh, some programs with people that were feeling stuck in life. Many of these are business professionals. Many are entrepreneurs, business leaders, or they own their own business. And uh, folks that felt stuck or felt unfulfilled. And, um, and I was one of those people, right. That, that felt that. And back in 2017, we ran a, uh, it was about this time of year, three years ago, we ran a summit that we called navigating North online summit, helping people find purpose from that led to, uh, what we called the extraordinary experiment. Um, that was all on this premise could your do you does your life feel ordinary and could you do little simple things that we all do with a little extra focus fervor and flair and see those ordinary things in life become extraordinary and through that journey that's what launched this community that we call VISTS 
Extraordinary Life. And one reason we call it this Extraordinary rather than the Extraordinary, we almost called it the Extraordinary Life. And that would just kind of feel the, the fuel, the thoughts that are already there, that the Extraordinary Life is located right next to the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow that we never get to. So we called it this extraordinary life because the life you and I live, I got a clue for you. It's the only one we're going to get. So we need to discover that this life, life right now is and can be extraordinary. So that's, uh, that's the group. It, it's this, it's a global group. Uh, and, and it also started, uh, Last year, what really led to this group was last year I started hosting gratitude challenges. And we were looking for a place. We were having challenges getting emails delivered. That was that's where this started. Emails were uh, the company we use, ConvertKit, helped us find out that our emails were getting to the corporate servers, but not getting past the filtering protocols that those corporations had to protect the inboxes. So we thought, what can we do differently? And that's when I remembered Mighty Networks, uh, a company that creates uh, beautiful communities and an app so we could have both. And all of a sudden, rather than having to deal with email, we could deliver these gratitude challenge prompts right to people's phones. And that's what we started doing. And, and then that community evolved. And, and then earlier this year, we converted what had been a free community into a paid membership. Interesting, interesting. So we've got, you know, we're, we will circle back on the topic of the tech stack, you know, different tools that each of you are using and why you've chosen those tools to, to grow your communities. But far and away, the biggest question that I hear from folks, in fact, it was asked several times just in preparation for this event was, how do I get started building a community? Like, how does it begin? Because I feel like I'm going to go out there and I'm gonna be talking to no one, or I'm gonna have my mother and a couple of my friends in the group. How do you get the ball rolling? Uh, Sufi, I'd like to come back to you. I think it so sounds like you have one of the, the longest standing groups with seven or eight years under your belt uh, with Step Into the Spotlight. What were you doing in those early days? Because now you're at 13,000. That sounds like a really attractive place to be. What did you do to, to, to get gather the group originally? You know what? Rather than just filling it with people, because I mean, there are groups of, you know, 100,000, 500,000, even a million, right? And I've had actually a leaders of groups, it was a leader of a group where it was about 75, 76,000 come to me and saying he was about to abandon his group. Um, and I gave him a bit of a pep talk and I said, you know, gave him a few recommendations that I'm going to share with you right now. And he ended up reviving his group and keeping it. So in the beginning, I was not so much focused on volume, and I'm still not. I think of it as a kind of an intimate community. I was focused more on what it was about and who was there, right? So I would suggest to people, if you are going to start a group, have a very narrow focus. So when people want to talk about business in general in our group, you know, once in a blue moon, we, we let it slip through. But... Our group isn't about business in general. Our group is about marketing. Our group is about influence. Our group is about stepping into the spotlight in business. Our group is about writing books, speaking in public, you know, all that kind of stuff, attracting clients. But it's not about, you know, um, hiring and firing or organization charts or technology or, you know, so I was very clear on what the group was about. The other thing I was very clear about was the group's rules. We do not allow any articles, any teaching posts, any links, any hashtags, no teach and preach. Um, we ask our members to post short, interactive questions about marketing. And no hashtags, no promos, no inspirational quotes about how nice it is to dance in the rain. I mean, everybody likes to dance in the rain. They don't have to LinkedIn to talk about it, right? And we, so having that kind of focus, then what I did was I went to other groups and I sought out big mouths, right? People with a big mouth, opinionated people. And I invited them to join. And the other thing I did, you know what the, the um, grocery store, or you know, the, the malls do? They have an anchor tenant. So I invited not just my competitors, not that I have competitors, but I invited people more well-known than me, like Michael Gerber, 
like you know, who wrote the Enid, like Al Reese, who wrote Positioning, like all these big, heavy, you know, names. So that when I invite other people, I can say, well, look who we've got in our group, and it worked. It attracted them. Was that also true, Sufit, in the early days that you used that? Uh, you called it the anchor tenant strategy, that idea of bringing in uh, bigger names, or was it really the topics that gathered people from the, the first hundred people that into the group? No, the first hundred, I mean, I didn't have enough to entice those people to join, right? Like Al Reese had to jump out of another group to, to join mine, you know? I, yo, Al, you know, drop that group. So I didn't have that kind of pull in the beginning to tell people, I mean, the, entre the uh, editor-in-chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, is a member of the group. I didn't have that kind of pull in the beginning to attract those big names, Marshall Goldsmith, all these people. But um, a guy that Jerry Seinfeld called a schmuck on 60 Minutes, no, he was on the putt on, on 60 Minutes last night, uh, James Altucher is a member of my group. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of, um, but in the, in the first 100 people, no. The first 100 people, it was by topic. It was, you know, people that I knew, people in my network, and I said, we're gonna talk about marketing. I mean, I've been coaching people and people have been paying for my feedback on that. So, you know, when they realized that they could maybe get that for free in the group, um, they started joining. But one thing, I'll just say one last thing and I'll let you ask somebody else. But the one thing I made very, very clear was there are two choices when you start a, a group on LinkedIn or Facebook. You can be the house expert and, you know, be the big guru and everybody comes and asks you questions. And that's great. It's, it's like making your own pond to fish for clients. Or you can invite your competitors, your colleagues, the whole world. I chose the second one because I thought, you know what, I'm not going to be the only attraction here. I'm going to invite people, you know, more well-known than me. And um, it's a nice blend, you know. Uh, it's a bit of a sacrifice because those other groups can really churn out clients for people. But I had a more long-term vision of what this could be, um, and I didn't want that. I think that's a really good point because uh, that is a key decision when folks are thinking about building the community. Are you building essentially inviting people into your space where you will be the uh, the sage on the stage, so to speak, sharing your information and they're coming to access that information with and from you, or are you creating a community around a bigger topic where there will be other people that essentially own part of that community? You're still uh, obviously administrating it. So I, I'm glad you really brought that up. Megan, I'm gonna come to you in a moment uh, on that same question because I think this idea of how do I even get started? Like if I'm at square one, it, it feels really intimidating and yet folks see the value of building these, not always a big community, but a, a deeply engaged, like people who care about the community uh, is such an important step for folks to take. But before I go there, I wanna, first of all, for the folks in our audience, uh, highly encourage you to, if you have questions and you'd love to hear from uh, our guests here, one, you can ask questions here while we're live streaming. At the top of the hour, we're also gonna jump into networking and we hope you join us because what a great way to meet our guest panel or other folks in the audience. Uh, that's one of the fun things. The, the networking is actually one-to-one -one conversations. We're using a different platform. I'll put the link in the comments for you. And I also wanna share on the screen. So Erica asked, uh, when you're communicating with your communities, are you choosing to use um, that platform that you're working, is that the primary channel of the communication or are you changing? It says, uh, do you have any concerns about, yeah, I think this, I'm gonna save this um, second one, second part of the question is about um, concerns about uh, the support and sort of what's happening in the uh, community space. We're gonna come back to that because that's a pretty big topic, particularly around uh, Facebook. I wanna, I wanna hit that one a little bit later. Megan, how about you growing a community from scratch? Where were you, you know, I think you said 2016, 2017, when you were making that transition, the, the structured freedom for coaches started up. Where were you at? What were you thinking about? How did you get the ball rolling? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I can only speak to what my own personal experience was so prior to that, I had spent five years already in the coaching industry and the coaching space. Um, I started my first coaching business in 2012, and I had that from 2012, 2013, and a little bit in 2014. But I started uh, working for my mentor in 2013, and then I completely left my own business in early 2014. So I call it being in the trenches of building relationships for five years before I ever really started my own Facebook group and started monetizing that. 
So I wasn't, yes, I was totally starting from scratch. And I had also built a reputation for five years in the coaching space with coaches, which was one of the reasons why I wanted to work with coaches because I had a reputation in that space, even though it wasn't through my own business for all of those years. So when I decided to start a Facebook group, I leveraged the reputation I had in the industry, but I also kept it incredibly simple and I kept it on the Facebook platform. And it was also, my whole business has grown hundred percent organic. So I don't even use paid traffic um, in the form of Facebook ads. So I knew that no one wanted to join a Facebook group or any type of group or community unless something was of value inside of it that they desired to access and access in the very near future. So I kept it simple and I decided, great, I'm going to show up inside of my Facebook group two times a week. And this is what I did in the very beginning. I did it for an enti the entire first year, two days a week. I would do a 45 minute to 60 minute Facebook live training that I could have easily charged money for. And I would create a really simple, sometimes ugly graphic inside of Canva. And like you can use that for free. I would make a graphic advertising the topic I was going to talk about. And I made sure it was a headline that would catch the attention of my ideal client so much so that they would want to enter into my Facebook group and answer my three questions that everybody has to answer to even get into my Facebook group. So I just did that like clockwork two times a week. I would teach a training that I knew was probably better than what they were even getting in the paid programs they were in. And I would have calls to action at the end. And my call to action, again, I kept it so simple. Send me a private message if you would like to talk about XYZ. And I just booked client after client after client after client that way. Now I was advertising on my personal Facebook page. So I would use my personal Facebook page. I would post the Canva graphic and a, like two paragraphs about the topic, entice people to come in. They would come into my Facebook group. Within the first two months, I probably had a couple of hundred people in there just from my friends list on Facebook, offering these free trainings with a call to action. In between the trainings, I would show up in the Facebook group every single day. And I've actually gone back in time and tracked what my posts were, what my habit and behavior was inside of the Facebook group. And I was posting five to six times a day inside that Facebook group. And it was a mixture. Some of it was really giving other people a platform to share their opinions and or ask me questions or be in conversation, not just with me, but with everyone else. Obviously I was the one kind of coming up with what those topics were, but I really learned about my audience and I asked them what they wanted from me. I mean, look no further than what your captive audience is asking for. Just ask them. They will tell you exactly what they want from you and you turn around and you give it to them. Um, it's how I created programs for that audience. I would ask them, what they wanted, what they were struggling with, what they would like to see in their own business in a, in a certain time frame. I would literally turn around and go create it and put it in front of them and they bought that all day long. Um, so that's how I would get started. I mean, people, people are looking, you know, your ideal client is someone who's already been trying to get the results that you are going to help them get. So they're already looking and they want to find someone who is creating content that's really relevant to where they are right now, but also where they desire to be. So they kind of have their antenna up and they're looking for that relevancy. And they're also looking for someone who genuinely cares about them and will develop a higher or a, really a deeper level of intimacy. So the other component that I use a lot is private messenger. I spend quite a bit of time nurturing relationships in private messenger. It's one of the ways that I invite people into my Facebook group. Obviously I'm inviting them not just to come into my free Facebook group, but I host trainings in there that are like five day trainings sometimes on a particular topic. And I invite people asking if they would like to learn about X, Y, Z. I ask for their permission. If they say yes, I bring them into the Facebook group. And I'm also pretty strategic and selective and who I do let in the group. It's not a free for all. I don't just let anyone in because I do want to make sure it's people who I can actually serve 
um, and they're going to really jive with the community. So I don't let everybody in. There are membership questions that must be answered. And if I feel like I can serve them and help them and the group would be supportive, they get in. If they don't answer my questions, it's a decline. But it's it's that. And I've been doing it for four years. So the other pieces don't change what's working like it's working. And I've you've got to let yourself get to a place where you master it. It does not happen overnight. There is heavy lifting in the beginning because you don't really have a brand reputation in the very beginning. So it is quite a bit of manual work that you're doing and kind of one by one. And as long as you're consistent with that and you keep your process really simple, it's a snowball effect, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely picking up on the momentum factor. Sufi, you, you have built that on the LinkedIn side. Megan, you've got it going on the Facebook side. Um, I also want to highlight, so a couple things. When we, I love that you mentioned Canva as a free tool. I made sure we got that in the in the comments for folks that might want to check that out as, you know, create a graphic, promote the topic that will be attractive to people to bring them in. Uh, also, we had a comment that uh, Sylvia shared, uh, as you were saying, your people are looking for solutions. Your best, your ideal clients are actually out there actively looking. So if you can have that conversation with them, they'll tell you what they need you can provide it. And, and as you said, Megan, you showed up twice a week, brought the fire, brought the gold to, to you mm -hmm. know, to really serve that community and they responded. And that's where you've been building the, um, the momentum as well. Kevin, I want to bring this around to you. I want to talk a little bit because you've done something. My first experience with you was on Zoom. You, I, I really think that you are a masterful uh, creator of community in that smaller format in a very in a way that creates connections between people that didn't exist before. Is that your secret sauce or are there other things going on behind the scenes? Well, oh, okay. So thanks, Tobin. Um, secret sauce. Hmm. If there's a secret sauce, it's this, that I understand because I've had this all my life, this longing for belonging and that everyone on the planet is hardwired with a longing for belonging, wanting, wanting to, to belong. And uh, as a friend of mine said recently, when we belong to something bigger than ourselves, it really lends us to becoming the better version of ourselves. So it's this whole idea of belonging, becoming, and, and being part of something bigger than what I can do on my own. So Tobin, yeah, I have... Um, you know, we're, we're going to do a Blitzer in a few minutes. I love Blitzer. I love Zoom. I love any kind of platform that allows people to really connect in conversation. The other part of this funnel for me that led me here is podcasting. I've been hosting podcasts. I'm on my third podcast in 10 years. Uh, the last podcast I hosted was called The Higher Purpose Podcast. I hosted that podcast for three years and started having uh, a, a building a global community of listeners to the podcast that were wanting to continue the conversation. Uh, and, and so that's another one, right? Seeing that people want to go deeper. And as I mentioned earlier, we started hosting events, online events. Um, we did this extraordinary experiment and then we started gratitude challenges. And, and these brought what I would call like-hearted people together. That, that was the magnet we had, were, were activities that, that went a little deeper than, than some of the other things they had participated in. And then all of a sudden, they're meeting people that are like-hearted from around the world and wanting to go deeper with those people. So we were responding to a need as well. I love, one of the things I love uh, out of this conversation is how all three of us that are here, and you do this as well, Toby, do this in a very organic fashion. These are things that have emerged out of relationship. Um, I, I, that's not to say that there's not a place for marketing, but I loved it when, when Megan just said that she did not run paid Facebook ads, right? You, you attract a very different audience with a paid ad versus organic marketing. And so for us, Tobin, it's just been this uh, evolution and this evolving and wanting to go deeper in conversation, deeper in relationship, and allow people a place. And, and so, yeah, I hosted, um, I still host a hangout, what I call a hangout every Friday. Uh, I've done this for 90 weeks now. 
uh, and people just come together in conversation. And we recognize that many of those people wanted to go deeper, wanted wanted more than just a loose, um, no commitment, you know, gathering. Uh, Kevin, I want to stay with you for a second because I want to tap into something you just said, but I also want to share on the screen. You have, you have a fan because Sylvia came back and she said, Kevin is absolutely masterful in bridging connections. And I agree. I've seen that firsthand. So I Thank think that's you, a real credit to the work that you're doing. Uh, what I wanted to ask you, Kevin, is because you've been doing this for 90 weeks, hosting the weekly sessions, we saw, all of us saw a big shift in the spring with the pandemic. I, I'm curious to hear from each of you, what has changed in your strategy? What are you doing differently, if anything, today of alterations or adjustments to that strategy because of this new world that we're living in? So Tobin, I think it's kind of funny. I think it was uh, it was right during this time and it was it was partially because of the pandemic that that we recognize now was the time to, and this may sound crazy to some people, you, you're going to go right in the middle of a pandemic. That's the time that you launched a paid membership community. Yes, absolutely. That's when we launched a paid membership community because there were people who wanted much more. And we recognize people realize the connection between investing something and getting more. And so we launched a paid membership community right in the middle of that and uh, have loved it. As a matter of fact, I was talking to one of my collaborators in the hour, couple hours before this, how grateful we are that we made that decision when we did to make this shift. Yeah, it's, uh, I think that goes back, you know, they always talk about the list of companies that started during recessions and depressions and, you know, some of the biggest names that, that make the biggest impact, they come in a time of need and that longing for belonging that you cited before, uh, that's certainly been part of this new environment that we're living in with social distancing. Uh, Megan, I want to come back to you on this one. Uh, what's different today for you and in, in how you've been operating it within your community? Since the pandemic, I mean, honestly, it hasn't impacted my business or my clients' businesses, um, definitely not in a negative way. And we have, in terms of the strategies and tactics in business building, it has very much been business as usual and carry on with what works. Um, I'm all about consistency and mastery. Um, I was launching programs during March, April, May, some of my clients had their best launches ever during that time as well. And um, yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that changed maybe more of the conversation that we're having publicly with our audience versus what are we doing differently inside of our business? Because business has been booming like it always was. I think it has really encouraged me and invited me to really step up into an even greater position of leadership and excellence on the delivery side of programs and have a much deeper conversation with my own clients and my free community and my Facebook group about excellency, about leadership. And it, people are watching. I mean, people are watching what people are doing and who's stepping up and, and whose face are they seeing and who are they hearing and who's really there for them. So if anything, it's just been an invitation for me and for my audience and my clients to really step, step it up, honestly. Yeah, there's certainly more people watching than ever before because there are folks that had never touched Zoom, never touched an online course, never, you know, they just weren't into the whole online thing who have you know, come to it in a big way. So I, I think you're right. It's uh, people are watching who's doing it well. They're looking for that difference maker. Yeah. Sufi, um, how about you? What What are you seeing in your community? How did How did How have things changed in this past year? You know, you know I have not noticed as many changes as you might think. Uh, the only thing is that because we are a group of primarily experts. Um, the ones who didn't have time to hang out on, you know, like the lawyers who were too busy to hang out, they've got time to hang out now. They still don't so much because, you know, I used to be a lawyer, so I get it. There's no way as a lawyer I would have spent one second on LinkedIn. It's just not what you do when you're a lawyer. But now we're starting to see a little bit of that. 
that's one thing. The other thing, it's unrelated to what you just asked, but I will um, not be able to return to my group uh, unless I say that a year ago, um, a little more than a year ago, I was in Barcelona in January last year. I was in Barcelona for a month and Valencia for a month. And I asked one of my group members to watch over the group. You know, when you're traveling, whenever I travel for a month or so, I always get somebody to do it. So this person volunteered and she said, if you, you know, if you want, after this is over, I can continue. And I'm like a control freak. And I'm thinking, no, you know, no, you know, back off lady. I just asked her, but I said, to, I, to be polite, I said to her, you know, we'll see when I get back how it goes. Anyway, it turned out great. She's very different than me. I'm very, you know, I'll help you make exceptions to get around my own rules. And she's very rulish, right? So it's a nice marriage. Um, I can't go back to my group if I don't publicly thank her um, for, you know, her name is Carol Roberts and she, you know, keeps us in line. So anyway, back to your question. We have not allowed people to post every second question, you know, what are you doing now that there's COVID? What are you doing? I mean, we do get a bit of that, especially at the beginning, but we're really about marketing and we just have to continue to market. And if you can't go on your book tour, like we have a zillion authors in our group and they've always got a new book coming out. If you can't go on your book tour, so we talk about what can you do instead, but we're not, you know, making that the topic. The topic is still marketing and attracting clients. Right. Life hasn't stopped. It's just slightly different. And it's, as Megan said, it changed the conversation. The next round of questions I want to ask, I have one for each of you. And I'll be honest, I'm going to warn you up front. This is a little bit of a push on my part because as the questions came in in preparation for this topic, there were some challenging questions in there. So Megan, I'm gonna start with you. I wanna talk about Facebook, the platform itself. Do you as a major, I mean, your business is, is focused on the Facebook community. Do you have concerns about what the future may hold with Facebook and how that could impact your business model? Um. I wouldn't call it a concern. I think I have a watchful eye at what is going on. And the other thing about the methodology that I teach, it can actually, it, it can work on other platforms. So the big methodology that I actually teach is a launching framework. And you're launching live in front of your audience. And because it's live, you're not actually married to or tied to a particular platform. So what I do in a Facebook group, although I think Facebook groups kind of, they know what they're doing when it comes to a, a community and how that Facebook group really functions. So that piece would have to be figured out. But in terms of the launching strategy, which is the main methodology that I teach my clients and inside my free Facebook group, you could actually just take pick that up and plop it onto another platform. I could do the entire thing on Zoom. You know, I've even thought about, you know, if we do need to kind of switch in the future, I could run my entire launch and my clients could on the Zoom platform. We could have breakout rooms. You could do really cool stuff with Zoom and build a community in Slack or have like, you know, the launch community in Slack and have conversation starters going on in there. So the cool thing about what I teach is you can do it in other platforms. I'm not too terribly concerned that Facebook is going to go away anytime soon, um, but I have a lawful eye on it. And I think it's also important that we're building email lists. And I don't care what anybody says about email is dead. I just, everybody needs to be building an email list so those names are over there. Yeah, own, own the asset. I'm, I'm with you 100%. Uh, thank you for your perspective because for someone who is doing so much business there on Facebook, I'm always curious to hear that take of, you know, what are you watching? How are you, what are you watching for? What would, what would change your planning? Sufi, my question for you about LinkedIn is a little, it's different, but it's also equally challenging. And that is Facebook has all the tools. They've, they've uh, configured the algorithm so that groups are just the main point of conversation in the newsfeed there. LinkedIn has gone in, you know, I have less, maybe not completely no concerns, but I have less concerns about LinkedIn these days, but they've made it really hard. What, what do you think the future of LinkedIn groups looks like? Not, not just for your group, but in general of what's happening in that space because yeah. you can't get those groups into the newsfeed on very easily these yeah. days. Yeah, that's a 
great question. And just to be very clear to everybody, I am not one of these um, LinkedIn people in terms of the, you know, I've got probably two, three, four, I don't know how many hundred LinkedIn experts in my group. And I just want to make it very clear that I am not one of them. So anything I say should be taken with like suspect salt. But I have noticed that if I'm in a Facebook group, somebody posts a conversation and three seconds later, there's like, you know, 600 comments. Whereas on LinkedIn, it's so challenging because the LinkedIn notification system is not robust despite whatever they might say. You know, it's very funny. LinkedIn keeps sending me these notes that, oh, we improved this, we improved this. And I think, okay, what did they take away this time, right? Because they keep taking stuff away and then they advertise. It's like, you know, the bag of chips where it was 180 uh, grams and they made it 100 grams and they doubled the price and then they do a big ad about how great it is. That's kind of how LinkedIn is. Um, and so, yes, I was very tempted. There, were, uh, there was an October a few years ago where they, they, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, they fixed it. Um, and, and a lot of people jumped ship. A lot of people left. Um, and in fact, as I told you before, I've had people come to me and say, you know, I'm thinking of leaving. Uh, I don't know what to do. My group is dead. In fact, one of our members wrote a, um, a, an article for Huffington Post Business where he called LinkedIn groups a ghost town. And luckily, he mentioned ours was one of the exceptions to that. But many of them are ghost towns now. I'm just hanging in there. You know what? I mean, it gives me an opportunity. If the environment there is so unfertile, okay, if it's the desert and, and nothing grows there, then somebody like me who's a pioneer and who is determined to grow in that atmosphere is going to stand out. Well, standing out is kind of my thing. I wrote a book about how to step into the spotlight and stand out. I am interviewed regularly. I have another one tomorrow from Australia about, you know, my LinkedIn group because I refuse refuse to allow us to be um, stymied by the fact that LinkedIn doesn't help us at all to spread the word. So I make sure, first of all, I just want to make mention one thing in regards to what you asked Megan. I don't trust that LinkedIn won't put me in LinkedIn jail tomorrow for breaking some obscure rule and I will be locked out and I won't be able to access my own group. That could absolutely happen. Occasionally it does happen that people show up and it says post a first post. I mean, it's very glitchy, right? So one of the things that I periodically do in my group is I encourage people to go to www.spotlightsecrets.com, which the rest of you are welcome to do as well. Get on my email list, which are free tips about how to stand out in 30 seconds. And that way, and I, t I, I tell my LinkedIn people, if it happened that tomorrow we disappear as a group, I still have your contact information. We can go and we can, you know, build our, our um, oasis in another desert. Um, and I have to periodically, without promoting, because we don't really let people promote in our group, I have to, you know, encourage people to do that. And I do regularly encourage them to do that because I am not as trusting. It, it sounds like Megan completely trusts that Facebook will be there for her. I don't have any illusions that LinkedIn will be there tomorrow. They could decide to get rid of groups. LinkedIn is always deciding to get rid of something. They used to have something called questions. They used to have this, they used to have that. Tomorrow, maybe it's not going to suit them to have groups. So it's really one day at a time with them. And I really need to get them on my own email list, in my own you know, world um, as a safeguard. Well, first of all, uh, I love that you brought it back to the having that relationship with people. Both you and Megan talked about, you know, capturing the email and having that one-to-one -one or that, that direct connection to your person outside of the social media platforms. I also loved your description of uh, you being the the plant that's going to survive and thrive in the desert because boy when the rain does come back to the desert i think you're going to be in a great position Sweet. so I, I love that picture kevin you dodged the bullet because i'm actually not going to give you the hard question that i had saved up we're running a little bit short on time i want to make the transition now to our expert panel picks of the week the reason why we're doing this folks is because this is one of the fun things that we always finish up our live stream our expert panels with we hear from each guest on the panel of something that they're loving this week. It might be a book, an app, just that that little thing that's bringing them a little bit of joy. And I'll be honest, this is like a selfish ask because I get some of the best recommendations this way. I'm all the time downloading apps or buying new books. 
I just love the suggestions that folks share. So we're gonna do that in a moment. I do wanna remind everyone, uh, we're just minutes away from jumping over to Blitzer and going into the networking. You can join us there. Uh, the link is actually in the comments. You have to get to that specific group. You will have to register on Blitzer. That will give you access and look for the Book of Experts group. You guys can come connect with our panel or folks that have been joining us in the audience. Um, the last thing I want to share for, for you out in the audience is if you enjoyed what we're doing in our expert panel tonight, make sure you follow up with the folks here. You can rate, you can review, you can leave a recommendation, you can connect on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on uh, wherever the channel is through a podcast. I highly encourage you. That's the best thing you can do because again, we're humans at heart. We want to make that human to human connection. So our folks want to hear from you. They want to make those connections as well. If you've got a question, a follow-up question that you'd like to ask, make sure you follow up. And of course, we'd love it if you'd leave a, a rating and a review for what we're doing with the podcast and with Book of Experts TV as well. So with that said, I'm going to jump in first. This is my way of giving you guys a, a quick breather. I'm just going to say the book I'm loving this week, uh, one of my friends shared uh, Conscious Luck uh, by Gay Hendricks and uh, Carol Klein. I'm really enjoying this because um, the premise of the book is we make a decision. You, you actually make a conscious decision and a commitment to be and feel lucky. And when you do that, you'll start to notice things happening in the world around you. And I just thought it was a beautiful way. We, see, we hear a lot about law of attraction. I think I want to just do the law of luck. I want to be uh, always lucky. That seems like a great superpower to me. Uh, Kevin, I'm going to go to you next. What is your panel pick of the week? Well, first off, I'm going to say thanks for that recommendation because I'm a big fan of Gay Hendricks going back to the big leap. Uh, so I'm going to pick that one up. Tobin, I'm sorry that my recommendation is not going to be a new book for you because I've already recommended it to you and you've already bought it. The Boy, The Mole, The Fox and the Horse by Charlie Maxey. Um, I tell people I'm reading a deep philosophical treatise. It's one of the deepest, most philosophically rich books I've read. It also happens to be a children's book, and it's beautifully illustrated. So uh, uh, in, in, in the community, This Extraordinary Life, we reference this book and use parts of it every single day. Every conversation we have, we're referencing something. It is a work of art, and it it's also something that will really... Uh, touch you in your heart. And everybody I know that reads it's buying copies for their friends. So the boy, the mole, the fox, and the horse. Yeah, I love that one. Uh, I, I'm guilty as charged. You shared it with me. We bought a copy and uh, now we have uh, have copies for our kids and I've sent to friends. And um, if you like The Little Prince, if you like that style, I feel like this is a modern not the same story, but a modern version or a modern take on that kind of story with a bigger message inside a simple story. Yeah, so wonderful share. Uh, Megan, I'd love to hear uh, from you, your panel pick of the week. All right. Well, I'm going to stick with the theme of books uh, because I don't have any app recommendations because I actually barely use my phone at all. I don't even have notifications turned on. Um, I'm very unattached to my devices. So my pick of the week is a book. The name of the book is A Happy Pocket Full of Money. And I read the book four times this summer. Um, it's not the first time I ever read it. I read it maybe a year or two ago and then picked it back up and just, I read a chapter a day. When I got to the end of the book, I just started it back over and read it again and again and again, read it four times this summer. And I think when you read books, even if you've read a book before that you might hear us recommend, you just see it from a different set of eyes and you hear it from a different set of ears and you receive it from a very different perspective. And the book is all about how money really works. Money is all energy. And it's a really, really cool book. If you ever have any, you know, subconscious beliefs around money or limiting beliefs around money, it is absolutely one of hands down the best book I've ever read around the topic of money. I, I love that. Um, I think anytime you find a, a book that people keep going back to, we've got two of them now, but if folks just keep going back and reading the same book, that says a lot about what's actually happening between the covers there. A uh, quick question, Megan. Uh, I asked this because I shared it on a previous 
this was my pick from a, uh, the last time we did our expert panel. Uh, what are you are you still going hard on uh, 75 hard and what day are you on? Oh my gosh. So I got to day 30 and got uh, I had a really, really bad allergy attack that lasted like three days. Um, and I slept 14 hours. I think it was Thursday night. So I was unable to work out two times a day. So I started back over with day one today. Wow. So this is like my my first chance to I'm on day 25. So actually, I was chasing Megan for a long time. But I, if I can actually keep myself going, I might have a shot of finishing before you on this one. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I so I, if, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, check out hashtag 75 hard. It's, it's pretty interesting. And it's a, a program that's making a lot of a lot of noise, I think, in the entrepreneurial spaces. Um, it's a, it's not an entrepreneurial program, but you'll, you guys will see what I mean. Sufi, how about you? We have, uh, we have to wrap up quickly because we've got five okay. minutes before the top of the hour when we go networking. How about your panel pick of the week? Well, I have actually just rediscovered my own book um, this week, and the reason that I've rediscovered this book is because LinkedIn launched LinkedIn Stories, and. Um, I never liked the 20 second format on Instagram or Facebook, but for some reason I'm loving it on LinkedIn. And when I need material, I just open the book. I take one of these little uh, pull quotes and uh, I talk about it. So the book is about how to attract, how to get seen, get heard, get noticed and get known. Um, and uh, I'm just rediscovering it myself through these LinkedIn stories. I love that. And I think that LinkedIn stories is is a really interesting topic. We'll have to dig deeper into on future, um, future expert panels. <laughs> so uh, Sylvia had asked, she wanted to make sure uh, we get this in here. It's a happy pocket full of money was the book that that uh, Megan had just shared. She, uh, Sylvia said, I didn't, wasn't able to jot that down fast enough, but I got you covered, Sylvia, because I actually did the same thing. It will be one that I'm going to be checking out as well. Folks, we're going to wrap up our expert panel. Again, hope you join us over on Blitzer. The link is in the comments. Uh, we do this with every expert, what we call the experts need to know show. We immediately wrap up the live stream, jump in so we can get to know you in the audience. You guys get to know the experts here on the panel. We want to have these one-to-one -one connections. And what a great way to actually meet other experts in the community, get to hear what they're doing, and have a short five-minute conversation. It's like speed networking. So. Folks, I will see you on the other side. We're going to wrap up. Thank you very much to our wonderful guests. What a great topic and discussion tonight around building online communities. Thank you for inviting me.